God is good. One of the things that Satan is excited about, because you know he's sneaky, and we're, we, we have forgot all about him, and we're dealing with, what is it, COVID-19, is that what they call it? And it's getting all the attention. Suicide rates are sky high, right? Domestic violence is sky high, right? You see, all of these things, is, all these other things are gone crazy. And he's excited about it because nobody's talking about him. Because see, he's not like us. He doesn't want to be exposed. He wants to be sneaky and do his, he wants to do devilish things. And so right now we need to get back to, get back to talking about Christ. Period. Christ is the answer, you see, and uh, we got children in schools that can decide one day if they want to be a boy, one day if they want to be a girl, and if you want to be both. Yeah, I'm talking about little big kids. And uh, we got uh, young girls getting a present to get a breast transplant, or what do they call those things, for graduation. You know, all this stuff is going on which he's behind, mm -hmm. and we're talking about COVID-19. Mm -hmm. We need to get back to Christ and what Christ expects of us as Christian people. And so one of the things God desires for our life is to be fruitful. Mm -hmm. He wants us to be fruitful. And, and, and the only way we can be fruitful is to maintain or remain, or remain in contact with Jesus Christ, period. Because he is the vine. And allow God to be the gardener and to prune our lives. And sometimes, you know, we need to, you, some of you all have never been on the farm or been around these. When you prune something, it grows better. That's right. And you got to get rid of uh, the old. Now the women should understand it. When you go to the hairdresser, they'll tell you you get it, you, you get that cut. You cut off them, well I don't know what it's called, but you cut it off. Dead ends. Them dead ends. You cut off them dead ends. So your hair grow, yeah, and die the roots. Is that what they y'all do? Yeah, and die the roots. All right. So you can look better. Now, that's right, that's what you do. And you will sit there for hours to get it done. You see? But it's hard to sit in church an hour and a half. And let God prune huh, those dead ends in your life. That's holding you back from being beautiful on the inside. You understand what I'm saying? And so it's time for us to understand that we need to get back to God. Forget what the world's doing. Get, we need to get back to God. And a lot of worldly people have no fruit, right? Uh, because the people who are supposed to bear the fruit are us. So when they come to us, the only fruit trees they see is your life. 
And the only place they can stop by, you remember when Jesus was hungry that time, he was hungry and the scripture says, and he, he saw this uh, uh, a tree, you see, fig tree. And this, he went up there and there was no figs on the tree. But what he was trying to point, he was trying to prove is the only reason he went to the tree is because it had leaves on it. And if a tree has, a fig tree has leaves, it's supposed to have figs. Fruit there, right? It's like if you call yourself a Christian, right? And a non-Christian comes to you for some fruit, some figs of wisdom, knowledge, foresight, insight, but you don't have nothing. But you're dressed up. But your life's empty. You understand what I'm saying? So we here at Christ Temple North, we don't want to be dressed up as Christians or just called believers. We believe. There's a difference. There's a whole bunch of believers, but they don't believe. So it is our responsibility to be able to. Uh, now, now that fig tree was Jesus looked at it and it was blowing in the wind and the leaves was blowing. It was like calling him, come up here, look at me, look at me. I'm a fig tree. I got leaves. Right. And then it was empty. How many Christians are talking about who they are in church, their titles and all this stuff. I do this, I do that. But they're empty and fruitless. You see, they're barren. We don't want to be those. We're trying to, we're supposed to make a difference in the world. The world's not supposed to make a difference in us. Do you understand? And that is the responsibility for each one of us as individuals. If a non-Christian, non-safe person would come and visit you, could they get some fruit from your life? You see, see, let's look at it this way. And, and people look at me all the time and they say, boy, you talk about marriage all quite a bit. If you're a married couple in here, if some your friends are having problems, you ought to be fruitful enough in your life that they see you and come to you for some wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. You know right? You see, the church, the church is overrated. We only in the church one day, you see. But you all around people seven days a week. You understand? You see, when we leave this sanctuary, we ought to leave this sanctuary as fruitful Christians. Because we're not connected to the sanctuary. We are connected to Christ. All right? You see, he is the vine, right? And we are the branches, right? And as long as we stay connected there, all right, we're going to be fruitful. You want to read the rest of my uh, commentary. commentary? Because we want to be different. Yes. It's time, well, I'm, I'm t- I, I don't even talk to people about COVID-19. I'm about so sick of that. I mean, no, let's talk about Jesus. You see, there's a script. I'm, I'm at the point now, but we wear our masks in here. We do our gigs and whatever it is. 
But, you know, the politics and all that stuff has gone crazy. You see, let every man be persuaded by his own mind. You see, but what we have lost is we're getting caught up in losing what our life should be so that other people could see us. You see, now uh, Charles Barkley said something once because he, he was acting up. You all know who Charles Barkley is. He says, I'm not a role model, you know, because athletes, people ask them to be role models. Well, he is being honest. And they were trying to commentators and saying, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's an athlete. He's, no, he, he said, I'm not a role model. So we should have took him at his word. He's not a role model. Well, he couldn't be a role model. And he's telling him he couldn't be a role model. He may have been telling them, I'm not. And he was telling them, said, I'm not these kids' father's role model. Their fathers ought to be their role models. I can be their hero. Now, a hero is somebody that does something well that you like. A role model is how you live your life. You see, and the way he was living his life, he said, no, you don't want your kids acting like me. You see, you see, but it couldn't possibly anyway, the kind of money he was making, right? But here's what we want to do here. We're not afraid here, okay, to be role models, right? Because we are connected to the vine. And as long as we are connected to the vine, then, then we are Christ-like. Christ-like. That means that we have, here's how I used to like it. That means God is reproducing himself in us. You won't be looking up here. They don't know up there, you see. They don't even know here. <laughs> they don't know here, they don't understand this. They don't have no idea. We say it, and it's not a cliche, it's a truth. The only Bible some people are going to read is your life. Isn't that right? You see, I tell people all the time, you know, uh, you can come to my house. I ain't doing nothing in there that, that I ain't supposed to be doing. I don't want you coming, but you can come into my house. Ain't nothing, you know, uh, yeah, un uninvited. But you see what I'm saying? It is time for us not to get back to that old-time religion, it is time for us to get back into the part where we allow the Holy Spirit to get in our lives and direct our lives and not be afraid to live the life that God has called us to live. Amen, Amen to that. Amen. I call it, but you gotta, you gotta get up here with me. We are here to do the unfinished work of Christ. Now here's where people get confused, that when Jesus Christ was on the cross and he died, he said, it was finished. Well, when he said it was finished, it was time for us to start. Because he went where? He's at the right hand to the, of the Father. Isn't that right? He's at the right hand of the Father. And he's coming again to judge the living and the dead. We know that, right? So in his absence, he has allowed the Holy Spirit to be here now. In us. Yes, in us. You see? And if you feel that you don't have the Holy Spirit, you see, you, you know, they, when you get prayer for, you can ask me, you got Isaacs, and you can ask God, to, you know, if you do not, you can ask for the Holy Spirit and get it. You know, you can do that, right? Get prayer. Say, I'm not sure. I want to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Because once you need to have that assurance, and that assurance has only come through knowing that I've been baptized with the Holy Spirit, I've been born again, I'm saved, and, and then I am fruitful. I can't be fruitful just sitting in the pews. 
You see, if you're fruitful, then God has called you for a purpose, all right, outside of here. You see, I, you, know, you understand where I'm at? That's right. And so we want to talk about this because it's very important for us to understand. Uh, you know, I like using football stuff. Uh, uh, Coach Saban of Alabama one time was telling, they asked him what was wrong. They had won the game even. They asked him what he was going to have to do, blah, blah, how they played. He said, well, there's some things we need to clean up. Mm-hmm. Well, see, I'm saved. Same fact, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm talking to me. But there's still some things that need to be cleaned up, you see? And the Holy Spirit will, yes, the Holy Spirit will show me and guide me into some things I need to clean up and assist me in that to clean my personal life up. This is personal, this is one-on-one, you see? There's a track team out of St. Louis when you'd run against them, it's a girls track team and on the back, they say, take it personal. Well, this is personal. This, take this personal. Where do you, are you fruitful? You see? Can I say it? Say amen. Are you, and I'll probably repeat myself again. Are you fruitful in your marriage? Gotta ask yourself that. Am I fruitful in my marriage? Is there love and peace and joy and understanding? Boy, got quiet a bit. In my marriage. Uh, in my relationship with other folks. <laughs> wow. But you see what I'm saying? We need to understand that. When I'm on my job around these other, my work friends, am I fruitful? Are they fruitful in mine? You see? There's, it's just like picking greens. They used to tell us when you pick turnip greens. I can't think of, uh, uh, there's another one that looks like it. No, this is poison. I can't think of what it is. But yeah, so, so you gotta be careful. When you pick the right thing, you wind up thinking you got one thing, you, you got another. Are you with me? All right. So, so if y'all don't talk back to me, I'm in a, I'm in a good mood. Because yeah. I'm really upset about this because each time I do this, I'm like, where do I stand? Am I truly connected with Christ? And yes is the answer there, but where do I need to be pruned at? Where do I, and, and you all that know about pruning, the thing about pruning a bush or pruning a fruit tree, you don't just do it one, you're done. You have to do it every season. So, so, so you know, it, it's the husband, that's what they would call it in there, just like a, or a farmer, depends on what version you use it, has to prune that every season. And you need to ask yourself, is it pruning season in my life? Ask God, he'll tell you. And then say, Lord, I'm willing to allow you to prune in my life where it needs to be, in my marriage where it needs to be, as individuals first, and in my marriage and in my family, and in and, and, and my church, wherever it is, because I, I don't want to be the one that distracts people or that Satan uses. I don't want to be the one like the tree, the fig tree, making a bunch of noise and be fruitless when Jesus comes. You see? You see, 
uh, in Timothy, Paul says, I, you know, I, I, done, I worked hard, mm-hmm. kept my face. Yeah. He said, I worked, finished my course. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on and says, and I'm ready to be offered up for my crown of righteousness. Yes, you see, he said, I fought a good fight. Mm-hmm. You see, are you that person? And you could say, God, I'm good. Paul was getting ready to leave here. He said, God, I'm good. I had a fruitful life. When you called me into Christianity, I'll just use that. He said, I had a fruitful life. Can you say that? It's all of you in here. You see, all of you in here are responsible to have fruit for somebody else. By the time you ought to be past you now, you ought to have this. Do you understand? All right. First of all, Pastor, let's look at prune. <coughs> okay. To prune is to clear what is unsuitable. Un what? Unsuitable. Again. To clear what is unsuitable. So sometimes you have to prune your life to get away with the get away get that stuff away from you that's unsuitable. Lord, move what is unsuitable in your eyesight in my life. You see? Don't wear everything. Some things you need to cut off. That's right. All right? It also means to trim and to dress. To trim me down. Mm-hmm. Dress me. Trim Johnny down and put Christ on. Right. Mm-hmm. Galatians, the book tells us, Galatians tells us in the book, it says, put on Christ. Yeah. You see? You can't put on Christ until you get some of that fat. It's called sin. So you can wear it. Yeah. Are y'all with me? Yeah. You got to get spiritual fitness so I can put on Christ. Yeah. All right. To prune is also to enhance spiritual growth by removing whatever inhibits spiritual and so, growth. So God pruned me. So move whatever inhibits me from spiritual growth. Remove it. Lord, search my heart. If there's anything that's in me that's not like you, move it. You see? And that's, that's a prayer everybody can do. Yeah. Lord, search my heart and see if there's anything in me that's not like you and move it out of my life. You understand? You see, men, you understand what I'm saying, men? You see, because, you know, if you cut off the head, the body will die. All right? So start with you. Start with you. How's your family? See, I like to ask people, how the family doing? I want to ask them how they doing. How the family doing? Well, they, well, that means you, well, they. You, you see, great, they doing great. Well, that means you doing great in Christ. You see, be honest. Go to God and be honest and be willing to say whatever it is, move it. Nothing, nothing do I want in my life that's going to hinder me from my spiritual growth. All right. All right? Now reading from the Life Recovery Commentary. God desires that our life be like the fruitful branches of the grapevine. The only way to be fruitful is to remain connected to Jesus divine. You gotta be connected to Jesus Christ. When you, you have to stay connected to Jesus Christ. Church, we gotta get back to that. Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We gotta get back to that. Amen. Okay? And to allow God, the gardener, 
I want him to stimulate my growth and my fruitfulness as a God man first. And then everything else will be all right. You see, if I, I get myself together as a God man, the husband, the father, the grandfather, and all that other stuff's going to be okay. But it's going to start with this. You see? We worry about our kids more in sports than we do in being good people. You see? I told somebody, y'all drive all over the country taking your kids someplace and you can't get to church on Sunday morning. And, and, and especially not some of you on here because you're Christians in here. And some of these people don't want prayer in school, don't want prayer when they see their kid laid on out there the first day. They say, pray for my son. He's got a concussion or daughter. No, God is first. In this house. All right? The writer goes on to say that it is God's cultivating, weeding, and pruning in our life that brings forth spiritual fruit and character development. And, that's, and character development is what it is. Remember what I te teach all the time? Character is who you are in the dark. That's right, Pastor. Character is who you are in the dark. Character is when you don't have no secrets. You live in a life. You want to be, you see, you want to be a superstar. Come on. You want your light to shine so other people can see. Because you're excited about telling them why it's shining. You ought to be just excited to tell people what God pruned you out of your life and delivered you from. Amen? All right. Just as the desired fruit comes through the vine, so fullness of life comes through faith in Jesus Christ. You want to live a full life? It comes through faith in Jesus Christ. We need to stay close to Jesus, the vine and the source of power. That's right. That's right, Pastor. He's the source of power. He gives you the power to overcome all of these things that used to cause you, your branches, to wither. Yeah. Y'all with me? Y'all for quiet? Get, but we need to get back to Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, get back in the Word, and look focused to what God has promised us. Are you with me? You see, the books done told us what the other side would get, but then it told us the victories that we would get in Christ Jesus. Are you with me? I thank God for the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's like we've forgotten the gift of the Holy Spirit. He'll start pruning off all kinds of stuff. It used to be a blues song. The things I used to do, Lord, I don't do no more. They could put that part in a religious song, right? The places I used to go, I don't go no more. James Brown said, I changed my drink from alcohol to milk. It's in one of his songs. They could put that in the Christian songs. Everything changes when God starts pruning. Say, give me something else, Pastor. He prunes the desire to do right, wrong from you, and gives you the power 
and the resources, yes, to overcome temptations. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. That's what it's all about. See, that's why he calls people like me, who knows both sides. Yeah, he can. He can do that. On uh, last Thursday's church invited me to do um, about a husband, a kingdom husband. And uh, so we got to teach about, I got to teach about a kingdom husband. But I had to tell him why I was qualified. Say, what qualifies you, Pastor? I told him I've been married. Stay with me. I've been a husband. Stay with me. Thank God now I'm a kingdom husband. There's a difference. Anybody can be married. That's just paperwork. All right? Husband is just provider. But a kingdom husband. All right, here we go. We're told in John 15, verse 1 through 11, first from the Passion, and then parts of the voice, that I am a true sprouting vine. Am I? And the farmer who tends the vine is my father. Who's your father? Who's your father? Okay, so you ain't worried about that one, your daddy. That never showed up. You're a Christian now. You're a born again Christian now. Who's your father? All right. And the reason we're coming out of the uh, passion is because we've done King James last time. All right. The Good. voice says in verse 2 that my father examines every branch in me and cuts away those who do not bear fruit. And I love that. God the Father, Father God cuts away every branch in me that does not bear fruit. It's just a branch. Cut it. Take care. Cut it off. God can cut it off. You can't. But he can. All right. He leaves those bearing fruit and carefully prunes them so that they will bear more fruit. And so he cuts off that old stuff and leaves that that's bearing so it can get more. So sometimes God puts you in a situation that's kind of painful. He's cutting off the old, but you've got to just hang on in there because he replaces the old with new. And you will grow in places where you used to not grow because it was dead. And anything dead ain't growing. Isn't that right? So, so he cuts that off because God wants us to grow. So he cuts off that, that, that branch that's not fruitful and he just cuts it off. The next thing you know, if you're hanging there with him, the next thing you know, he replaces the dead branches and they grow in and yeah, you become fruitful where that dead branch used to be. That's in any part of your life. All right. The Passion says in verse two that he cares for the branches connected to me by lifting and propping them, propping up the fruitless branches and pruning every fruitful branch to yield a greater harvest. And I like that. Not only does he prune, but he's pretty careful. He sees some that's worth it. So he props it up. If, if you've been around a grapevine time, you'll see that there's some they propped up. He props it up so it can grow. Get rid of the old, non-fruit part, 
but some is falling, but he sees it has potential. And he comes in and he props it up until it gets strong enough to grow on its own. And then he can remove the prop. Do you understand where I'm coming from? Say amen to that. All right. It says in verse 3, the words I have spoken over you have cleansed you. He's talking about the, yeah, that's, you, you know, that's Jesus talking. It cleansed you. You ought to feel good about this lesson this morning. And, and my favorite word is going to come up here. Two words is going to come up here. Let me do it. You must remain in life union with me. Jesus says you must remain in life union with me. Stay connected to him. Don't get disconnected. You see, COVID-19 has got so many people disconnected. Wouldn't that be something if we have time to turn the news on, they would be talking about Jesus. Wouldn't that be something? Everybody wanted this. The biggest thing would be Jesus and him crucified. Deliverance. And people talking about the power of Christ and how he's came into their life and they got saved and he changed their life and, he, and their marriages were saved because he, he directed them in a different direction and people are healthier in their bodies physically because God healed them. Yeah. Yeah. You understand? Wouldn't that be something? Well, it is at my house because I got all these stations and I can turn on and it's going to be a religious somebody in there preaching or singing. You see? Love it. Love to see, hear them singing about the power and the glory of God. And it just gets, this morning I'm up listening to my, yeah, I'm a Charles Stanley guy. I was listening to Charles Stanley guy and then T.D. Jace came on, but he's on an hour and I ain't got that much time. But I listen to I listen to all of them. I get something. Joyce Myers, I get something. They'll all say something that inspires me. And sometimes they say something that reminds me, you need to go to God because that's a dead branch in your life. And you need to ask God to move it, to prune it, to cut it off. And then there's some things in my life, he says, I hear them, they'll say something that's like, I need to go to God and ask him right now in that area, I'm a little weak. Would he prop it up till it's able to be strengthened up enough that it can grow on its own? Are you with me? Again, he says, so you must remain in life union with me, for I remain in life union with you. That, that's a promise. I want, God to, I want God to remain in life union with me. What a good life. Wait, let me tell you how good life is. You're going to laugh, but how good life is. You're getting a good message. I mean, the praise team is just doing an awesome job. Give them a hand. Uh, so you done had praise, and the praise team is really to lead you into praise and worship. Because that's what you do is praise and worship God. Nothing else. He don't need nothing else from you. But he loves for you to praise and worship him. They do a great job. And now you're getting a message, and you, you can put in, and you can talk about it, and you've got nice homes, and comfortable homes and you can go go home and sit and watch the Chiefs and have a great time. There's nothing wrong with that because you done got fed over here. So you see, and, and your life is just, you can say somebody said, well, I had a great time this morning. I'm having a great time this morning. I'm going home with my family and, and I'm going to pass all them stores that's got all that bad food and eat some good food and and, and, uh, uh, and uh, yeah, we got to laugh in the church. Come on. All right? And we're going to look at 
You know, I don't, the Packers are not playing. I don't think they're on, so. All right, we'll look at some average football players, teams, and, <laughs> and, watch the, and watch the Chiefs, but average is better than poor. So anyway, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. No, I ain't. So anyway, but look at the lives you all got. Yeah, look at the lives you all got. Look at the lives you all got. You see? God has given us some good lives. And many of you know where you came from. You know the little houses you came from, right? Think about how good you living today. Think about it. Think about it. Think about that. And so you, you can ask God, if it worked then, it'll work now. You say, God, keep pruning. Because the way I'm living, I don't want nothing to hinder my life from the life you've given me. But now it's time to get to the purpose. My purpose. And the Holy Spirit will tell you what that is. I right, keep going. He went on to say that for as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to mine. You will live a fruitless life if you don't join your life with Christ. That's just a fact. You will live a fruitless life unless you join your life with Christ. I'm just looking at you beautiful people, and uh, I want you to live great lives. You see, I don't do prosperity sermons. Ask me why. If you live a, a life union with Christ, <laughs> you're going to be prosperous. That's right. That's right, Pastor. <laughs> if you live, yes, if you live a life union with Christ, right? You got prosperity. You got joy. You got peace. You got rest. You got all that in him. And then he puts that in, in you. You see, that's what I keep telling people. If you live the life that Christ would have you to live, you, you don't pray a lot. You praise a lot. All right. You know, you, you get to, what am I going to do the rest of the day? What am I going to eat today? Yes. That's okay. You should do that because God's put you in a place to do it. He's put you in a place to do it. You see? You see? And now I'm at the point that, you know, when you used to be hungry, come stay with me, and, and you just try to, you had to look at you and see what you could eat. I don't get hungry much anymore. I could eat anything I want to. When you get to that point, you found out you was eating too much anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes when say, what do you want? I said, uh, uh, I'm good. Yes. Because see, sometimes a lot of that hunger we was eating physically, we was trying to spirit, feel that spiritual hunger that we was trying to take over. That's what that was. We were trying to satisfy ourselves with stuff on the outside. But when the inside is full, you have less to less concerned about what's going on, on the outside. That's just a fact. All right? Jesus went on in, in verse 5. He says, I am the sprouting vine, and you are my branches. Yeah, and that's, that's just important to me to know that Jesus loves me so much, he let me be a sprouting branch to be connected to him. Thank you, Jesus. I'm connected to Jesus. Sprouting. That means growing. I was joking with the guys. I wasn't joking. I was talking to the guys back there that I don't do 
I don't get up on the ladder anymore because I was talking to uh, uh, my brother Gerald about his father. You don't mind, do you? His father was getting up on, chained up on the roof or something in a ladder and fell. You see? And he's a couple years younger than me. Now, didn't he just get through reading Sprouting? Mm -hmm. My life is sprouting now. Ask me what it is. How is it, Pastor? I call somebody up. They get up on there and clean my gutters. Ain't God good? He's put me in a position to be able to just, yeah, y'all, well, make an appointment. That's how good God is. You see? He prepared me for 75 to be in the position because not able to do what I used to do, but he prepared me at 75 to be in life union with him that he's given me what I need to have to be able to have somebody else to do the things that I used to do. That's right. That's right. You see? But he, he cut that branch of arrogance off and said, well, I, I, I'm all right. I can do this. Fall and break my neck. Yes. Mm. I'm not the man I used to be. But I got more than the man I used to be. Because I have to do less. If I knew 75 was so good, I'd have been 75 20 years ago. <laughs> Lifting up stuff, uh, tearing up bushes. Now it's a telephone call. Thank God. All right. Yes, kids gone and gone. No, y'all laughing. That's a good place to be. Amen. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Good life. All right. He goes on to say that as you live in union with me as your source. In union with me as your source. Fruitfulness will stream from within you. But when you live separated from me, Pastor, yeah. says you are powerless. You're powerless. powerless. The question is, how much power do you have in your life? If you connected to Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you got so much power and so much sources and resources. It's unbelievable. That's what bothers me when I hear Christians talking about they're going to retire from something. It's okay to retire, but do something else. That's right. God didn't put you here to retire. Do something else. You see, some people need to work, stay on your jobs longer, and get enough money that you can retire and you can do something else. Maybe even volunteer to do something else. Or just do something else. He's given you a great mind. Use that mind and, and get in another career. But do something because you got this power inside you. It'll drive you crazy if you don't use it. Do you know that's why a lot of people retire, they, don't, they die right after that. You look it up because it, that power inside, it needs to go somewhere. I need to do something. I got to get busy. You know, I got this power in me. God gave me this power and I'm still growing and I still have this fruit and I need to be somewhere where someone can come and pick from the fruit vine that I am. Does that make sense? All right. 
He said it this way, just so we understand, in verse 6. If a person is separated from me, he is discarded. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire to be burned. Yeah, I ain't got to explain that. Do you know what that's about? But if you live in life union with me, and if my words live powerfully within you, then you can ask whatever you desire, and it will be done. So if I live as Christ would have me to live, according to the gospel, and the New Testament, this whole book, whatever I ask for, he give it to me. In his will, of course. He don't ask for stupid stuff. He'll give it to me. Man, that's a promise. That's a promise. See, I, I, I live on the promises of God. Sometimes I tell him, I say, God, now you know you promised me. You see, you know you, know you promised me that, because that, my ear, Satan tried to get in this ear, and he'll tell me, you know, how old I am. And, and then my friends, a lot of my friends are leaving here. And so he'd get in my ear and say, you know, you ain't got much time. Oh, yeah, it does. But I, say, but I live on the promises of God. And he says, I wouldn't start a work with you unless I wouldn't give you the ability to finish it and the time to finish it. That's how it works. That's how it works. Yes, yeah, see, I feel so good sometimes. I think I should get up on the gutters and then wisdom tells me, keep you behind down here in this shit. <laughs> you see, I'm so hyper. I make more trips to the car if Gwen's not with me than when she's with me. John, what? Go back here and get your mask. Because I'm so excited about life and about what I'm getting ready to do. I'm getting ready to go to the store. And we're getting ready to go to Sprouts, and well, we're getting ready to get the food. That's where we go. And get this and get that, and I'm getting out of car, sister, Ed, and I'm just going. Because I'm excited about, I like to shop for food, you see. For, you know, I'm, I'm excited. And she'll say, John, go back and get your mask. That's when you're excited about life. That's right. I'm so excited about life, I forgot what they, I'm supposed to have the mask. That's right. Isn't that good? Yeah. Isn't that good? All right. Then I go back and get it. And it's all right. Ask me why. Because I count my steps. <laughs> I got to watch it count my steps. You see? It helps me to get them 10,000 steps. Because at my age, you're only supposed to get 5,000, right? I get 10,000. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah we get 10,000 steps. We do it every day. We get our 10,000 steps in. So I don't get mad or upset. I said, oh, okay. I'm just going back to my car. That's more steps. I'm That's putting right. it on there. That's true. That's a fact. That's how I think. All right, I'm getting off subject. It says in verse 8, when your lives bear abundant fruit. Now what kind of fruit? Abundant. When your lives bear abundant fruit, you demonstrate that you are my mature disciples who glorify my Father. You want to glorify God? Let the world see abundant fruit in your life. That's how you glorify God. You, yeah. Let people see how much God has blessed you. That's how you do it. All right, here we go. In verse 9, he says, I love each of you with the same love that the Father loves me. Wow. You must continually let my love nourish your heart. He said, continue. Lord, nourish 
my heart. Continue to nourish my heart. The Bible tells us to guard our heart. I go, I want God continue nourishing my heart. We need that right now in this country. We need, we need God to nourish the hearts of people. Laws are not going to help. But get, get our hearts right. We need our homes. Our homes are not going to get it until we get our hearts right. You see? I look sometimes when I want, I'm watching some of you all sitting up under each other. I wonder how, you, how are you at the house? Sometimes when I come in and I watch some of you all, I wonder how are you at the house? You see? Okay. <laughs> It's better not to say amen. And if it ain't right, don't lie. <laughs> yeah, that's good. See, some preachers say, y'all say amen. There's some things I don't want you to say amen to because I don't want you to lie. That's right. Uh, and evidently, I need to do this again. All right. Verse 10 says that if you keep my commands, you will live in my love, just as I have kept my father's commands. For I continually live nourished and empowered by his love. If you're nourished, look at my mouth, and empowered by Christ's love, it'll take all this craziness that goes on out of these households. Yes, if you're nourished and empowered by Christ's love, it'll take all this, there'll be no arguments at all. You know, Sister Gwen and I never disagree. We just have different opinions. Mm -hmm. say, okay, it works. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. You see? And that's no, for real. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to say I like this, she likes that. Okay. What to argue about? That's right. Yeah? Just a different opinion. Right. You see? And I go my way, she go hers. Yeah. Then if we have to make a decision, we make one in the middle. That's right. That's right. And everybody happy. Yeah. But you know, we can't do that unless you have the love of Christ in your heart. That's right. You got to have that love of Christ in your heart. And sometimes it comes up like, hey, she look at me, well, I'll do what you do it your way. And I say, no, let, I'll do it your, and then I get frustrated in. No, you will do what you like. It don't matter, and it really don't. It don't matter to me. You go ahead, what do you want to do, we'll do it. Because to her, it's more important than it is to me. You see, I don't know, Brother Roderick, sometimes we get ready to get some meat, and I just eat fuel, it's fuel to me. Food is fuel to me. That's right. You see, and so and I said, no, she, what do you want? I said, it don't matter. Well, would you like sunset? It don't matter. <laughs> and, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, really. And, <laughs> Whoa, that's an elbow over there. <laughs> wow. That was good. She got him good. Boom, man. He clapping it. Boom. I like that. And it really don't matter. I'm not kidding. It doesn't matter to me because it's just fuel to me. You see, and I don't have good taste buds anyway because I'm the last person that you need to send someplace that costs a lot of money to eat because I don't have the good taste buds for that. So where do you want to go? You see? And even if it was someplace that I didn't like, love will allow me to go where it makes her happy because it's important to her. Amen. 
sum up the message, we're told in verse 11. The purpose for telling you these things is so that the joy that I experience will fill your hearts with overflowing gladness. Jesus is telling us. He's telling me. That I, see, I'm telling these things because I want you to experience in your heart the overflowing gladness. He wants us to have overflowing gladness. Right. We want a church. I've got to be getting close to 30 minutes, surely. We want a church that the people in this church has a heart of overflowing gladness. That's what he promised us. Now, some of you may not have it. You know why? You haven't asked him to prune some stuff out your life. And once he starts pruning all that craziness out your life, you'll have an overflowing gladness. Amen? All right, all right. The Isaacs will be on their way up here. God is good. They finally got everything done in here. They had that Isaac really done. He had to do work overtime. That, lec- they, that uh, storm, lightning struck, hit this thing and knocked out computers, burned up computers, and done, done some crazy stuff. Yeah, but he's, he's got it fixed, and he's worked hard to do it. Let's give him a hand for that. Yeah. We had to call people in and to do it, and we appreciate it because there are people listening to us, and the only way they're going to hear us now is through our live stream. Some of my members, you all on live stream, we opened this up so you, because you've been saying you wanted to be in the sanctuary, you need to come to church. Uh, all right, all right, give, give, give God a hand clap. Wow. Yes. You see, he just had to tell me, get your mask. in California, taking kids to the Bible school, they'd jump in a car, you know, and they'd be singing this song. Uh, <laughs> let me see now. <laughs> about prayer. They're singing this song about prayer. It goes, um, <laughs> I had it when I was sitting there in a pew, but anyway, um, Anybody remember that prayer? <laughs> it's a song with prayer in it, and at the same time, it's a praise song. Okay, yeah, maybe it'll come to me. But anyway, these two things: uh, prayer and praise. Those are connecting dots in your in your life. <laughs> and praise goes up to heaven, of course. It goes up to God. But one of the main points praise is for is you. And your family, and the very atmosphere that you live in, you know, because you can praise God any prayers anywhere, anywhere you go, you know. 
It's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. There you go. <laughs> it's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. Is that my mother? No, my brother. It's me, oh Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. <laughs> it's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. <laughs> All right. Okay, another snippet for today is the word is the word rima. Rima is a word, it's a Greek word that um, talks about the word of God, that is preach, okay? But sometimes people have a hard time understanding some of the passages, okay, of scripture and of that sort, okay? So they come to church or they get in a Bible study and there is a minister preaching. So when that word comes forth from the spoken word out of the minister's mouth, they get an understanding of that word and it ministers to them, okay? And it comes, that rhema word also comes to them in a direction that God is directing them. And that direction that God gives them is filled with his knowledge. And it's a step-by-step -step order in which he gives that direction. This is the rhema word. It becomes exponentially real in their livelihood. And whatever they're attempting to accomplish in life. When you're a Christian and you come to the Lord, sometimes you don't have that understanding. But that rhema word coming from the minister, it gives you divine direction and a step-by-step -step process when you listen and take that into heart, okay? The word logos is the word that is Christ's words coming out of his mouth. That is the logos. That is the word of Christ, which we heard today. Everything was in red from the passages that were read today, okay? So that's my snippet for today. Next week, it'll be, next week, it'll be two more words, and they'll be quite interesting, okay? <laughs> Father God, we thank you, Lord God, for your blessed word today, Lord God. We receive that word that came from Pastor today with that anointing, Lord God. We receive it into our hearts. We receive it into our spirits, Lord God. Lord God, we just seal it. Okay, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, we thank you for your confidence, Lord God, that you have given us today. We thank you that is built up in us, Lord God, that we can go forth, Lord God, preaching your word, Lord God, teaching other people, Lord God. We'll abide by you, Lord God, and pray that the Lord of the harvest, Lord God, will use us in some way, Lord God, to bring people to Christ as we go about on our merry ways. In Jesus' name, amen.